0: reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. London Stock Exchange Group is here to be your essential global markets infrastructure and data partner, where open isn't just a platform, but a philosophy, giving you the freedom to make your mark in the world. LSEG Open makes more possible. Welcome in, dear friends and listeners. This is a new edition of the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. I am James Naveau from NBC5 Chicago, and with me, of course, as always, is the one and only Jay Zawoski of 670 The Score of the I'm Fat Podcast, and oddly enough, the inventor of Icebreaker's mints. I did not know this, but Jay
1: apparently... <laughs> He invented some breath mints. Good for you, Jay. Well, I needed them. You are getting more and more creative with your inventions, and I very much appreciate it. I figured. Well, I figured
0: it was. Oh, it was over. Like the whole best-selling author thing. You kept correcting me, and so I just decided that instead, I was going to go in a completely different direction. And here we are. Congratulations, Jay. You have now been assigned a patent for something that you invented. Good job.
1: All right. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate that. So uh, speaking of going different directions, a couple things we want to clarify. There's going to be a few things different about today's show. We're recording this Sunday night, but we're posting it Monday morning. So we're going to keep saying tonight. What we really mean is yesterday. So just get <laughs> get used to that, first of all. Second of all, if my voice sounds a little different, I have invested in the coolest piece of machinery I've ever owned. Even if you're not a pod- a podcaster, look up this machine, the Rodecaster Pro. This thing is everything I'll ever need in my life. It's got like drops. I can record the show on here. Look, I put I put a drop in there. You hit it right on the button there, Jay. I sure did, didn't I? I literally thanks, did hit Dan. A bu- <laughs> I did really did hit a button to make that happen. So I'm literally producing the show. On the fly, as if it's a radio show. So if you hear things that sound weird, that's just me making a mistake. And if I sound a little more broadcastery, it's because I have the processing on, and I'm kind of experimenting with that. Anyway, thank you for joining us. MadhousePod at gmail.com. Twitter, we're at MadhousePod. Instagram, Madhouse underscore pod. Go to MadhousePod.com for all things Madhouse Podcast, including a link to our merchandise shop, MadhousePod.com merch.com. I need to be better about producing that or promoting that because I don't do it enough. And there's some really, really cool stuff that's powered by our friends at Triple Threat Sports. For all your team outfitting needs, call Chris 708-478-6090. Triple Threat Sports. If you can wear it, they can make it MadhousePodmerch.com. So James, before we get into the big picture portion of the podcast, let's talk about last night's game against the Columbus Blue Jackets. The Hawks win three to one. And I was texting with someone during the game. And my thought was, why are the Hawks not terrible? <laughs> they have every built in excuse to lose every game five to two. And if that happened, we'd all be like, well, you know, inexperienced goalies. You've got a bunch of big injuries. You've got a bunch of guys on the COVID list and it's just too much to withstand. Instead, the Hawks have been competitive arguably good and what's holding them back is what we've talked about a couple times their lack of overall firepower they just don't have a lot of guys that can put the puck in the net but overall how can you not be pleased with how these how they've played over the last what five six games yeah
0: obviously other than the first game in Nashville i think i think we can kind of throw yeah. that one onto the trash heap but i think the if we're going to look at this and just say to ourselves okay what's the big difference for the Blackhawks this season obviously last year coming into it they had great goaltending with Crawford and Leonard right we were extremely worried about that that there was going to be a big drop off in that but Kevin Lankinen has been just a revelation in goal obviously he he's gonna start drawing some attention I think around the league if he continues to play the way that he has and the Blackhawks may have really unearthed something with him and I know he's only played in six games but you have to give him a lot of credit for how well he's been playing to kind of start out the season, and then when you look past him, when you look at the rest of the team, we came into the season, we were justifiably concerned that they weren't going to have Kirby Doc, they weren't going to have Jonathan Taves, they weren't going to have Alex Nylander. We were worried about this, and now they're going through all of these COVID absences, which is kind of exposing their lack of firepower, as you kind of alluded to, but the fact is the Blackhawks are getting contributions just about all of their new guys I'm talking your Matthias Yanmarks. I'm Mm -hmm. talking obviously your Philip Kurishevs who had another goal Sunday sorry (laughs) and and Pia Suter who also had a goal Sunday
1: Sunday Sunday
0: Sunday (laughs) and the Blackhawks just you look up and down the lineup you look at who is scoring the goals and who is making the big impacts And it's those new guys, and it's also the young guys who are making a big impact. And I know I'm packing a lot into a kind of smallish point here, but the fact is the new guys and the young guys are really pulling their weight to start the season, and obviously this is a long slog. Blackhawks have only played, I believe today was their 10th game. Still have 46 left, but if you're going to continue to get the type of goaltending you've been getting from Kevin Lankinen, or you continue to get the kind of production you're getting from your new guys – this team is going to be competitive in more games I th- than we probably thought. And I, while I don't think they're quite this good, like I don't think that they're going to be, you know, two points out of the division lead next week or anything weird like that. I do think that this team probably is better than we thought. And the great thing is it's the young guys and the guys that they have under contract for a while that are doing it.
1: No doubt. And uh, I don't want to skirt past Kevin Lincoln in because very quickly – they have found their guy. And I think there's a moment here where we have to take off our frustration hats. I don't know what that what does a frustration hat look like? It's just like a crown of thorns. Maybe I actually
0: I actually think it's a bill that never sets the way that you want it to. So if yes. you want it to be like flat, it curbs a little bit or it slants to one side instead of the other. Maybe
1: just maybe. And I don't know, but maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm shooting rainbows out of my butt, whatever. But maybe Stan Bowman knew that he had a good goaltender and Kevin Lankin and maybe Jeremy Cowan knew. Here's another thing. This supposedly porous Hawks defense has done a pretty decent job recently of shutting down teams. And look, this game, Kevin Lankin and played really well, but mm-hmm. you wouldn't call this a goalie win. The Hawks deserve to win this game and every game your goalies going to have to make some huge saves. Definitely. And maybe you could say for Columbus, it's a goalie loss, but you know, Lankanen isn't having to be the second coming of Patrick Waugh for Hawks to win games here. Uh, They've been playing pretty consistently. And when you look at their time, I asked this question on Twitter the other night when people were kind of pissed after the last Columbus game. I said, ask yourself this, do you believe the Blackhawks are underachieving? And some people said yes, because of course some people are going to say yes. But really, I don't know how you can find yourself honestly saying, yes, this team is, is they're not performing as well as I thought they would mm. or should. Maybe should is a better way to put it.
0: Okay. So I'm going to, obviously I think I kind of alluded to this a little bit in my answer to start with, but I do think they're overachieving a little bit. Probably. I, I do think that Kevin Lankinen will come back to earth a little bit. I'm not convinced it's going to be some type of like crashing down type of thing. And he's going to be terrible because I think that the tools are there for him to be consistently good. And I can't really point to Malcolm Subban or Colin Delia and say that with any type of confidence at all. I think the Blackhawks, like you said, may have found something with him. And I know we've discussed that before, that he was the guy that kind of was on the periphery. We wondered what kind of ceiling he was going to have. And I'm not saying he's going to be the second coming of Corey Crawford and, oh, wait for 10 years of dominance and, you know, being underappreciated in Chicago and blah, blah, blah. But when you look at the ingredients, when you look at what He's put on tape in his first six NHL games. I think it's pretty obvious that he has that mix of athleticism, poise, and discipline in the crease that I think that he, at the very least, is going to be a really serviceable NHL goaltender, and at best could definitely be more than that and could start creeping his way up towards the bottom end of maybe some top 10 conversations at some point. Obviously not saying he's there, obviously not prognosticating and saying that he's going to be, but you can see it. You can see the blueprint. You can kind of see the ingredients that are there, and I'm not sure if you agree with me or not, but that's really what I'm observing with Lankin, and I'm very interested to see, A, whether he can keep this
1: up, or B, if he hits adversity, how he deals with it. It's a good question. And that's sort of, you know, we've seen a lot of, like Calvin Dewey is a good example too, of a guy who made his debut and was like, awesome. It's like, what the hell? Where'd this come from? And then, you know, with time sort of fell back to earth. The only thing that worries me about Lankinen is his depth in the net. And I think part of that is a little bit of an experience, a little bit of, I don't want to say nerves, but just being ultra, ultra careful. But every game that's gone on, We've seen him show more confidence, leave the net more, challenge shooters, poke check guys, as opposed to being like, I'm going to be as safe as possible. Right now, Kevin Lankinen has a 937 goals or save percentage. That's good for seventh in the league. It's actually, when you look at it, one, two, three, four, it's actually fifth in the league. And of like actual starters, it's first in the league. If you want to look at guys who get the bulk of the starts for their team, 1.97 1.97 goals against average, a sub-two goals against average. Giving up average.
0: seven goals in his last five games, I heard Eddie Olchek point out at the end of the broadcast today. And you're Sorry, right. Sunday.
1: Sunday. Why, well, damn it. We almost made it. <laughs> Bleep me. Bleep me, I say. Use the board. <laughs> we made it 10 seconds. 10 minutes, damn it. Anyway, um, but, I mean, those numbers you can't shake a stick at. He has been awesome. He is the Hawks' starting goalie, and there are some people that play – um. Hockey Ultimate Team for the NHL 21 mode where you sort of like as the season goes on they add different versions of guys different cards and I think the original Kevin Lankinen was like a 75 overall well they just released a, an 80 overall Kevin Lankinen, which isn't that great um, but people are just he's very popular on the auction market it's like 35,000 coins for him too much too rich for my blood but it's just people are starting to notice Kevin Lankinen, and I think you know the the National Detroit game was a big part of it. H- same with Pius Suter, and, or Pius. Everyone says it's Pius. I'm gonna have trouble getting used to that because it is saying Pius, P- and I, we've been saying it wrong the entire time. I'm right there with you, buddy. Yeah. Um. But, but these guys are announcing their arrival, and and the Hawks are surprising some people. And look, they're not. They're still like they're going to be a bottom of the of the league team. But when you start to daydream, right, and you look ahead at this team, and you add Kirby Doc and you add hopefully Jonathan Taves, and you add Alex to to a lesser extent, you add Alex Nylander. And all of a sudden, this is a really solid young team with some solid young pieces. And it's, it's happened pretty quickly here because we didn't know much about Kurashev. And again, Kurashev, Suter, all these guys can and probably will have substantial drop-offs, right? But it's safe to assume that Ian Mitchell is going to get better Mm-hmm. Uh, you hope Nikita Zadorov gets better because he was a flippin' disaster tonight, last <laughs> night, Sunday night. Uh, so there's there's room for growth from some guys, and there's probably room for some decline from some others. But when your team's healthy, you're not going to have Khrushchev on your first or second line. That's going to be a right. third line, fourth line guy, where he's going to get better and easier matchups. I don't know, man. I, maybe it's just the euphoria of a good win on a Sunday night, but... I am feeling way more optimistic about this team and kind of the future of this team than I have in a really long time.
0: All right. You know what, Jay? What? screw it. Let's just do it, man. We're 10 games into the season. We're feeling uh, a little frisky. I think on the podcast uh, this evening, Always. um, we, <laughs> but let's look at the central division, right? And mm-hmm. you said the Blackhawks are probably going to be a bottom half team in the NHL. And I do agree with this assessment. However, I do have to ask you, out of the teams in the Blackhawks division, would you be stunned if they hung around that conversation in that four-seed range to get into the playoffs for at least a while here? I don't know if they'll hit a big wall, but if they can still produce at the level they've been able to produce, missing some guys who are honestly key pieces to this whole thing, your DeBrinkets and your Walmarks. I think they can hang around that four seed. I don't think they're obviously as good or even close to as good as Carolina, Dallas, and Tampa. But if you're asking me if they could hang with Columbus, with Florida, with Nashville, maybe, maybe. I, I'm not, I'm not ruling it out. Like I I still think the Red Wings are probably you know bottom eight. They're at number eight to me. But that four to seven range. I think they can hang with those teams, and I think they've proven that in the games that they played against them. My question is Nashville.
1: That team should be better, but you talk about a team with no firepower. Good Lord. Like, that, like <laughs> I don't know. They do not have a lot of scorers on that team. They got some really solid defensive pieces, but what's left of Pecorine, right? And, and I don't know. I, I'm still looking at the standings here, and I see... Oh, look, the Hawks have nine points, and Florida has 11, and Florida's in first. Well, Florida's played six games, yep. Carolina's played six, Dallas has played six, yep. Tampa's played six, the Hawks and Columbus have played ten. Yeah. So it's, <laughs> you know, the, don't just look at the standings, you have to look at the games played. I'm
0: also basing it on the, the how they played those teams when they played them, obviously, except for Carolina, and we'll get to pop that cherry on oh, Tuesday.
1: Yikes. That's a good-ass team. That's a
0: banged-up team, too, and they're still good. They lost a lot of guys this weekend to injury, and I'm really interested to see just how healthy they're going to be rolling into that Tuesday game. And obviously, as everyone who listens to the podcast knows, I'm a Hurricanes enthusiast. Mm -hmm. I will not, however, let that cloud my judgment when I watch these teams play.
1: Carolina is the enemy on Tuesday, Dagnabbit. That's right. That's how it should be um before we get to some negative stuff and there's a few negative things to get to um a couple more positives I want to make sure we pay attention to Matthias Janmark is pretty flipping good man that's a really good two-way forward he is sometimes madding, maddeningly fru- uh patient <laughs> <laughs> shoot it shoot it pass it shoot it shoot it and he usually ends up making the right play but man he holds on to the puck for a long time sometimes and he's deferring to Patrick Kane is almost like to the ludicrous amount like dude you're on a breakaway don't wait for Patrick Kane to catch up and then just send him a drop pass
0: hey now wait a minute Patrick <laughs> Kane deferred to Yanmark on a break the other day so it, it's a two-way street there
1: I just, yeah but I've been really impressed with his play um yeah I, I think Yanmark's been really really good uh and and you know people want to sort of focus on well you know is of another bad Bowman move well Lankanen Yanmark uh courage there's been some really good Bowman moves this year too so there have been some good marks in his ledger for sure and I think that
0: Matthias Janmark I think the first couple of games you and I were kind of less than impressed by but I thought after the rough start he really has kind of come into his own and obviously the team's trusting him more he's out there playing you know top line minutes was playing on a little bit on the power play tonight but also got some penalty kill time he's a very interesting player and I will say this Jay Imagine if the Blackhawks had had him in, like, 2013 or 2015. Can you imagine how, like, how str- much stronger their depth would have been if they had had a guy like him? He's, like, the perfect, like, compliment piece to play on a third line on a really good freaking hockey team.
1: They had Antoine Vermette, but Joel Quenville didn't like him.
0: Let's not. Okay, do we do we need to go back in time? Do we? Vermet was the healthy scratch, right? <laughs> you Good just went God. back in time. Okay, so, but you brought up Antoine <laughs> Vermet. Do we? It was him and Tabo Te- that got like scratched in a 2015 game, right? I think and, it was
1: just Vermet that got scratched. But your point is correct. That yeah, I could have
0: sworn it was both of them. But what anyway, mean? it was it was dumb. Don't do that again, Joel. Oh wait, he's gone. Never he mind.
1: Can't. Yeah, no one.
0: <laughs> he no longer controls either <laughs> of their fates. Never mind, Joel. Sorry.
1: All right. And one more thing I want to mention. Um, oh, you know what? I want to give you your point because you tweeted this to me. The fourth line needs some credit. The Hell Hawks, yeah. The Hawks have this endless supply of Hagel, Highmore, Reese Johnsons. Like they just have like a camp for fourth line grinders. And it's like, yeah. well, oh, this one's hurt. Call this one up. And they're like, wow, that guy's really effective. He's a really effective fourth liner. Man, if they could just do that with first liners. (laughs)
0: Yeah, I know, right? If they could only, if they only had that kind of factory for the snipers on the team. But just watching the game tonight, you were just kind of paying attention to what everybody was doing on the ice. And it was just amazing watching Reese Johnson in his first NHL game just come out there and immediately make an impact. And it wasn't just on any guy. He First play he made, his, I think it was his first shift. He dumps the puck in, and everybody's like, oh, dump and chase. God, this is always so stupid. The Blackhawks can't do that. He not only got the puck back, he got it off of Seth frickin' Jones mm-hmm. behind the Columbus net. Reese Johnson ended up with seven hits tonight, was all over the place. It's literally been contagious the entire fourth line all season long, even if they haven't been generating scoring chances, which I think they were probably the top line tonight in terms of Corsi just because they were generating some really quality chances.
1: One, two and four in possession tonight.
0: It is the fact that they're able to go out there and not only do that, but also to do what fourth liners need to do, which is hold the other team in check. Be physical, do not give them anything easy on the ice. And no matter who it's been that's been on that fourth line, that has been the mentality, that's been what they've executed, and it has been absolutely fantastic to watch this season. And literally any combination of guys they put on the fourth line has been doing that, and I'm loving it.
1: So Highmore, Team High Corsi uh, 66.67, David Camp second 62.50, Duncan Keith was third 59.46, Kudos to him, by the way. He played, what, a lot with Lucas Carlson tonight. Really solid game for Duncan Keith tonight. Yeah. Uh, Reese Johnson, 58-52. So there's your top four. In terms of Fenwick, it was 1-2-3. Highmore Camp Johnson, 68-75, 64-29, and 60. So really solid game for that fourth line. And once again, Duncan Keith, 55-56. Another positive, Ian Mitchell, plus three.
0: Making a lot of really positive plays, too. He's being more assertive. I've noticed I've seen him pinching in a lot more lately, and that's something, obviously, they're going to need Ian Mitchell to do. And I know that part of the thing tonight was they needed to feed him some extra minutes because Lucas Carlson took that shot off the kneecap, which, as I told uh, Ben Pope of the Sun-Times, that would have liquefied my entire leg. <laughs> I don't know how Lucas Carlson missed one freaking shift because of that. He's hockey but- tough but apparently they just breed them differently when they play hockey. But I I share your enthusiasm for Ian Mitchell. I think that something that Stan Bowman had alluded to when he talked to us and we've obviously heard from other people in the organization is that Ian Mitchell was in a really good place coming out of college. He had more polish on his game than I think a lot of people probably expected him to. And I'm not going to say he's been like obviously a world beater while he's been with the Blackhawks or anything like that. But you see the incremental changes, the progress that he's making. And it's early in the season and there obviously are going to be some hiccups and some ups and downs. But I've just I've noticed his assertiveness more lately, and I'm getting the sense that we're nearing a point where Jeremy Colliton is going to start turning him loose just a little bit more. And I think that it's going to be really interesting to see how they continue to deploy Mitchell, especially when you have a guy like Lucas Carlson a little bit banged up and then you have multiple guys on the COVID list. I think we're going to start seeing a lot more out of Mitchell.
1: There was a play tonight where you saw him starting to feel a little more confident where he pinched in from the right point but then had way more time than I think he expected and just sort of skated himself out of a shot. <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh, that's always hilarious watching a young guy do that.
1: Yeah, he's like, whoa, look, I'm going to skate it in. Oh, I'm still skating. No one's touching me. What's happening? And I fell down.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm <laughs> supposed to get hit, right? I thought the yeah. NHL, the whole point was that you didn't have time. It's up. There it goes.
1: That was like foodie when Andrew Shaw has handed him the puck. Like, here you go. Would you like a puck? <laughs> right in front of the goalie foodie's like what i have the puck what's happening ah and then just grabbed his pants and nothing happened you
0: freak the hell out exactly (laughs) like it's it's also like a wide receiver in football who's wide open and they drop the ball because they're just waiting to get hit lit up by somebody it's it was kind of remarkable seeing it i know what play you're talking about and it happens ian mitchell convert on that play more often than not but it was kind of funny to watch
1: all right it's not all sunshine, balloons, and roses, okay? There's a little bit of negative stuff to get to about Sunday night's game, but first... No shooting
0: I... out uh, rainbows from your ass?
1: Um, I got a few left. Um, but first, I want to tell you about our friends at Fry the Coop and FryTheCoop.com. I placed my Super Bowl order today for the uh, lollipop chicken wings that they make just for the Super Bowl, and I'm really sorry that I'm recording this Sunday night when they are done pre-ordering as of this afternoon, so you're going to have to wait till next Super Bowl to get those lollipop wings, But, oh, my God. I tweeted him from the show account. Go visit Fry the Coop. Do yourself a favor. You've earned it. You were out there shoveling all day. Your back is hurt. You're tired. Treat yourself tomorrow to some Fry the Coop. Go to FrytheCoop.com, Oaklawn, Elmhurst, Westtown, Prospect Heights. Coming soon to Timley Park. Place your order online. Drive up to that pickup window. Get the best damn Nashville hot chicken you've ever had. Here's a pro tip. Make sure you get that spicy honey butter when you do because that just – as if Fry the Coop is not awesome enough, you dip it in that spicy honey butter. Friend, that is living. Go to frythecoop.com. Come get your happiness with Fry the Coop. I cannot wait till Super Bowl Sunday, not so much for the football game, but for the Fry the Coop.
0: Hmm. I, I'm going to very much enjoy Super Bowl Sunday. And unfortunately, I will not be enjoying Fry the Coop because, like many of you, I didn't pre order it because I'm a dope. Well, you can still get Fry the Coop,
1: you just can't get the lollipop wings.
0: Ah, makes sense. Yeah, well, yeah. We'll see what I can do. Open the Tinley Park location. Damn it. Uh, he's saying early March.
1: Early Please. March. Please. Yeah, they're Please, taking this. Please, I need it. They want to make sure that everything goes perfectly. Uh, they were aiming for late February, but it's going to be early March now. I talked to Joe Fontana last night. Um, cuz you know, it's time for him to pass. And uh <laughs> I checked Give in us every, our money. Just Joe. Just check in every 3 months. Hey Joe, how's life? Uh, by the way, you owe us money. Anyway, uh <laughs> good to talk to you. Um, no, I check in with him often, but he said, yeah, it'll be early March, uh, but I cannot wait. I'm just going to go park there now.
0: Okay. Yeah. I- I'm interested <laughs> to see if you can actually, uh, produce the show from the, uh, Friday P- the coop parking lot. I'm very intrigued by this with
1: this machine. I probably could, as long as I have an internet connection, I, pr- I could probably get it done. Hopefully Dan and Layla are not listening. Cause what's really cool about this. I can connect my phone's Bluetooth to this. So if you wanted to call me, I could just talk to you over the phone.
0: Boom. That's going to be really good for us when we have guests
1: on. Yes, it is. Me Ooh, justifying uh, this purchase to my wife took a lot of work and a lot of time and me opening a credit card account with Sweetwater. But let's not <gasps> talk about that right now. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Man, right. you really you really did go ham on that. Good job. I did. Uh, all right. We are delaying the negatives. A couple things. When things. Before the game started or early in the game, Pat Foley mentioned that Dominic Kubelik had six sh- points and 24 shots on goal in the six games prior to Sunday night's win over Columbus. Did you notice that from him? Cause I feel like Kubelik's not been doing much of anything.
0: Uh, not, I really have not been noticing a lot of, uh, Dominic Kubelik lately, which is kind of a bummer because I know that he's obviously been a guy that we've uh, kind of kept our eyes on. And it was a really interesting decision by Colleton to go, with the line combination that he did there, bumping Suter out to the right wing mm-hmm. on that line, I thought that was kind of fascinating, and I was really curious how that was going to work, and then they promptly had zero shot attempts in the first period.
1: Yeah. It was a-, a little bit
0: strange, and I, and I, like you said, have I didn't really notice Dominic Kubelik a whole hell of a lot tonight, and that was kind of a bummer because he's the guy that you kind of look to to be – a guy who's assertive, a guy who's gonna shoot the puck a lot, and he just he wasn't that tonight at all for
1: me. No, uh four shot attempts in the game, one shot on goal, two um attempted and blocked, and one missed. You know, I, I just I like Kubelik a lot. I'm not it's not a complaint, it's just something I've noticed. Sophomore slumps are a thing, but the points are coming, and that that's the important thing. I just, he just hasn't been as noticeable as I'd hoped he'd be. And, you know, they didn't get a ton of power plays uh in this game so that's that's part of it too Mm -hmm. because usually that's where you see him really make hay because he's just sets up for that shot and he's he did have nine shots
0: on goal in the last two games before this by the way I do want to point that out
1: yeah so he's not I just think that Kubelik is not a generator he needs a guy at least at this point in his career and he could always get better but right now he's a guy who's reliant on his line mates to uh, create offense which is fine everyone's different. But I've just sort of noticed uh, over the last handful of games, Kubelik hasn't been much of a factor. But even last year, he was a bit of a streaky guy. Like, he Mm -hmm. would have four or five games where he's absolutely on fire. Then maybe there'd be a week where he'd, you know, pick up two or three points there, here and there, but not anything consistent. That consistency when it comes to Kubelik is going to be great. But remember, this is still... 25 is pretty young in terms of hockey, especially this is only his second year in the NHL. So I'm not upset about it. I'm not mad about Mm -hmm. it. It just... To hear he had six points in his last six games was surprising because I'd been thinking for the last few games, like, wow, Kubelik really hasn't been doing much. Mm-hmm.
0: I think it's kind of interesting that we've almost, like, switched roles from the uh, first part of this segment where I was kind of being the one trying to put a little bit of cool water on the topic, and now you're kind of talking about Dominic Kubelik and his you know streakiness, which I will concede is a thing. However, I will also say that... Kubalik is that's just the way scorers are in the NHL man sometimes they're really streaky you saw Patrick Kane I think it was Tuesday night had zero shot attempts in that game against Nashville came out the next night just absolutely on fire had a goal and an assist tonight had three uh, three shots on goal I believe in the game that stuff's just going to kind of happen and I am really intrigued though by one of the points that you made about him not being a guy who can kind of generate his own offense right like that's A character trait that we've seen a lot with Patrick Kane over his career is that he always gets put with the, you know, the clods, the guys that are just like, all right, go do something with this guy. Good luck. And then he always does. I wonder, how do you solve that with Dominic Kubelik? Who do you put him with, Jay Zawaski? If you put on the specs and you become Jeremy Colleton, who's Dominic Kubelik skating with in the next game?
1: I don't know if I'm changing anything. It's just something I noticed. You know, I, I don't know if I'm going to mix up the, the way the lines have been. I think they've – I'm pretty happy with the lines. I'm happy with the way they've played. I just – it's just specific to him, and it's just something to keep an eye on. And I think you're right. And, and I, I maybe I was overstating my I'm – I'm not frustrated. It was just something to keep an eye on. Just, he just wasn't very noticeable. Mm. But I just think – I think the way they had the lines tonight until guys are back from COVID – I think they make a lot of sense. They're pretty well balanced. You know, even I know that Soderberg t- took the opening face off. He was with Sean Hagel. I just sort of like the way the lines look now. And what's encouraging too is, you know, Kurashev as a, uh, as like a full-time center. If this early in his career also won 60% of his face-offs. I- I'm happy mm-hmm. with the lines. I think they need to keep them the way they are. I just think specifically Kubelik. I just want to see a little more from him. I want to see him be more of a be more of a noticeable factor yeah he might be picking up points here and there but I want to see him be someone the opponent has to worry about on a night in night out basis
0: you want to see more of the guy who had the uh, power play wherewithal I'm trying to remember which game it was where he just took I think it was like four shots on the same power play before he finally scored that's the kind of guy that you want to see him be more often is what I hear you saying
1: yes definitely Uh, And maybe it's an aggressiveness thing. Maybe it's just getting used to the line mates sort of a thing. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, we've seen him be an unstoppable force for short pieces here. And right now, he's not. Nothing that I think indicates any sort of big picture drop off or anything to really worry about. But Mm -hmm. it's just something I want to keep an eye on because I think lately he's been a little bit of a passenger.
0: Can we talk about Calvin DeHaan if we're going to start talking about negatives? Uh, I. Wow. (sighs)
1: Alright, so I think he's been really good.
0: I okay. There's a here's a thing with him that I'm not quite getting, and that is just his propensity to have really solid games punctuated by really poor defensive moments. And I'm thinking of moments where he's come off the boards and allowed a push up the side of the ice as he did in one of the Blackhawks' early games. It may have been the second or third game of the season he did this. Or he gets caught flat-footed in the neutral zone and gets burned by for a two-on-one that turns into a goal. Or a situation like tonight where he basically stepped out of Boone Jenner's way and then basically took the rest of the play off as the play developed and the Blue Jackets scored. I'm not saying that Dehan is bad or he's having a bad season I'm just seeing too many moments like that where he's kind of seeding the high ground in terms of skate speed and then not making up for it by trying to get back down the ice I'm noticing that a lot and I'm not sure that I like it because I think as the season wears on and he gets more wear on the tires and kind of gets a little bit more exhausted honestly as guys tend to do in the NHL I'm concerned that that might be a thing that kind of continues to happen. I'm I'm looking for you to talk me off the ledge on that, basically. Well, I
1: don't know if I... I mean, Calvin DeHaan is ideally, on a really good team, a number four defenseman, right? Right. On this team, he's not. He's top three. Def- I mean, you probably say Keith Murphy, then DeHaan. And he's playing 22 minutes a night. And he he's just the way... The kind of player he is with the skills he has... He's not very fast. He's not very fleet of foot. He's in good shape. He's strong. He's a smart player. But sometimes, like we've said about Brent Seabrook over recent years, his body can't keep up with his mind. Mm -hmm. So there's going to be some times where more skilled guys are going to catch him off guard and blow past him. I think, though, for the most part, he's been really, really solid. But for a guy who, and I love Calvin DeHaan, awesome dude, great teammate, awesome interview, all those things. Realistically, he's a four or a five. On a really good team. If he, if it's a Stanley a Cup five?
0: contender. Oh, that's that. I don't know, man. That, on a, on a Stanley I feel like the expectation. I still feel like the expectation should be higher for him than five, even on a contending team.
1: I'm trying to think if you put him on. You know, one of the Blackhawks cups team cup teams, Keith Seabrook. Would he Jomerson, be better than Keith Seabrook?
0: He wouldn't be better than any of those guys. You are right. But that was also a freakish team with two basically all pro pairings. Like that, that's very rare in the NHL.
1: Yeah. All right. Then I'll call him a four. How's that?
0: That works. And all I right. and I also I also do want to point out again, I'm not saying that he's no, obviously having a bad season or he's not living up to expectations or anything like that. It's just those types of moments, like I said, do call to mind. Later in the season, when you're in the third game of three games and four nights and you've already played 35 or 40 games this season, are we going to see more of that? Because it's not fun. And like you said, it th- he is a very smart hockey player. That play tonight, though, you just can't let that happen. I'd rather him take a penalty in that situation. Kind of, you know... Take Boone Jenner down. You're not going to give up a penalty shot. You'll just give them a power play. Like, that's fine. But to stand aside and let him go and then not chase him down and basically let Connor Murphy try to clean up the mess – you can't be doing that, and that's not something that a guy like Calvin DeHaan should be doing. And it's not something that a lot of these younger guys that are on the Blackhawks are doing. They're usually the ones busting their humps to try to make up for mistakes. And I just I expect a little bit more out of Calvin DeHaan. It's all it's just something that I think that we need to keep an eye on moving forward this season, in my opinion.
1: Three high danger chances against uh, DeHaan. The only person with more in this game was Connor Murphy with four. Um, but you know you got matchups and stuff like that. Sure. Um, but yeah, I, I, you know, there there are going to be moments where you see Calvin Han be like, well, he just can't do that. <laughs> right. Like,
0: yeah, I don't <laughs> have that speed. Goodbye.
1: Right, right, right. But I think overall, he's been very, very steady, which is what you want from a guy in that role. You know, I think steadiness is what you want. There's going to be better games than others, but I think big picture, I think Calvin Han's been probably what you want would expect him to be maybe maybe a tick better than what you'd expect, but okay. I, I think your concern about you know a game every other night with that kind of mileage on a guy at that age with that sort of injury history that will wear on him, and you're going to see him lose a step at some point here, um, and that's where you hope the Hawks, being as young as they are, becomes an advantage at some point, right? Where the, these guys are just have boundless energy and they're not all banged up all the time, whereas you know you get these young guys some playing time. And uh, you know when the when the old vets are getting tired, these young guys are still going. That's the hope. So get
0: Boquist and Bodan back in here and spell a guy like DeHaan in a situation like that. I do think that it minimizes the chances of that. But again, just something that if we're kind of looking for negatives with this team, it's something that I noticed tonight and realized I had noticed a few other times. And I was just curious if that was. I don't know, something worth paying attention to, especially if we think they can kind of maybe hang around playoff contention, you know, in the month of February, something like that.
1: No doubt. And one more thing I want to get to, too, and uh, this guy has been kind of a punching bag for Hawks fans since he got here because of who he was traded for. But uh, Nikita Zadorov was really, really bad tonight. And there have been a handful of games where he's been just awful. And there have been some moments, some nice defensive plays, where say, like, okay, there. Now I see, like, I saw something there. right? I saw that what maybe they're thinking with Zadorov with that particular move or that defensive play or that hit or whatever. But more often than not, he looks lost. He looks like he can't control the puck. Like, he's so tall and lumbering that the puck gets lost his feet. And he's kind of, you see him, like, looking down at the ice a lot, trying to find the puck. Mm-hmm. Ugh, you know, and, and I don't know if he's you know, again, 25 years old, but he's played a lot of NHL games already. Uh, maybe he's feeling the pressure to perform a little more than he him to, but every time I looked up tonight, it looked like he was on the ice, 2043 of ice time, so uh, he was third, fourth among defensemen. God, it just felt like he was out there every waking second of the game.
0: Well, it's because you kept noticing him.
1: Yeah, In a probably. bad way.
0: Yeah, you're right.
1: Um, he reminds me a little
0: bit of Tyler Myers, where it seems like he's the type of guy that should be able to impose his will physically and you know strip guys of the puck and do all of those things and he does sometimes, sometimes. but far off, far more often at least in the early going i do agree with you that he just kind of he maybe goes for the hits that he shouldn't go for he doesn't quite have the confidence with the puck that you'd maybe like to see from a guy who in all likelihood could muscle a dude off the puck if he wanted to or protect it if he needs to i I know that we, again, have been very critical of Zadorov, and I know we've kind of isolated in on him at times this season, but the fact does remain that he's had a rough start to his Blackhawks career, and if I'm looking at the defenseman that the Blackhawks had out on the ice tonight, I know that Zadorov had six hits, obviously. Like, his physical impact was present in that game. He's maybe the guy that – he's he, he has to be, what, your five right now probably – like I'm trying to think of like who's above him in the pecking order, but he's not a guy that should be a five realistically. I feel like they brought him in to be more of like a three, especially if you're trading a guy like Brandon Saad, and the whole stated purpose of it is that Patrick Kane hates playing against him and he's super physical.
1: Right. Yeah, I'm trying to find Carlson on here. Why can't I find Carlson? <clears throat> Oh, there he is. He played 739. Lucas Carlson played 739. It
0: it was. And that was probably a result of the knee. I would guess it probably started swelling on him later in the game. And that's just something that it's going to happen. If you get hit with a puck, bad things tend to happen for you. He only had nine shifts tonight. Yeah. Lucas Carlson did. Did not
1: play at all. Uh, I'm trying to look into the shift chart here. I think he didn't play any of the third period at all. Yeah, that had it had to have acted up on him then. Yeah, well, that's something to keep an eye on. But uh, So, yeah, but, I mean, when you're looking at it, he, that's where Zadorov was. He was, you know, if, if well, he was fifth in ice time. So, or no, he was fourth. Over, fourth in uh, ice time. Mitchell and I, I,
0: I'm I'm speculating about whether a guy like Ian Mitchell would maybe slot in ahead of him in terms
1: of, the top four to me it's a matter of time until that yeah. happens
0: yeah and that's kind of where i'm at too and i don't feel like that's where they anticipated that he would be when they acquired him but that's kind of the way he's forcing their hand a little bit all
1: right let's do this let's take a quick time out we'll come back and talk about some of the big picture things facing the hawks first I want to tell you about our friends at Marishka's out there in crest hill 604 theater street family owned and operated since 1933 they are open Uh, limited seating for dine-in. So if that's your bag, if you're ready to dine in at a restaurant, Mariska's is ready. You know a place that's been around that long is going to protect you. They're gonna do the best they can to make that dining experience safe for you and your friends and your family or whoever. Mariska's.com or place your order and go pick it up, eat it in your car, eat it at home, whatever. What's important is you support these small businesses now more than ever. The poor boy, the steaks, the chops, the seafood. James's favorite is the Yodel Burger lent is coming up that means the icelandic cod is coming back and that's good news for all of us because the icelandic cod is flipping amazing i cannot wait to get out to Marishkas and have that so go visit our friends go to Marishkas.com or facebook.com slash that's m-e-r-i-c-h-k-a-s they're closed only on christmas easter the fourth of july and thanksgiving so go visit joe zadralovich and his family out there at Marishka's in Crest Hill. We'll be right back with a whole lot more on the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast.
0: Worried about mom or dad falling? The Symphony Medical Alert System from CVS Health helps make their home safer, even if you can't be there. Symphony works with voice activation or a care button they can opt to wear, along with smart sensors for coverage around the home. With 24-7 emergency response and an app to tie it all together, you can monitor your loved one's well-being for enhanced peace of mind. Terms and conditions apply. Learn more about Symphony at CVS.com/symphony or find it at your nearest CVS Health hub. London Stock Exchange Group is here to be your essential global markets infrastructure and data partner. Where open isn't just a platform, but a philosophy, giving you the freedom to make your mark in the world. LSEG Open makes more possible. It's rare that we kind of get to groove to the music, so I'm enjoying this new setup. This is the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. We've been talking all about the Blackhawks' victory Sunday over the Columbus Blue Jackets. We do want to get into some of the bigger picture things kind of facing the team, including the COVID list, the challenges that lay ahead this week. But I did want to mention something we had talked about in the last segment. Jeremy Colleton was asked about Lucas Carlson's leg injury. Says he is unsure whether it is a day-to-day thing or a longer-term thing. So... Doesn't sound super confident in uh, Lucas Carlson's health moving forward, and that's obviously just another hurdle the Blackhawks will have to overcome with five players currently on the COVID-19 protocol and no real idea of when they're going to get any of them back.
1: What was the term you used earlier when you said if you got hit with a puck like that, what would happen to your body?
0: I believe my leg would liquefy.
1: (laughs) Yes. Well, hopefully that's not what happened to Lucas Carlson because he's just been another young Hawks player that's been really impressive. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and, and obviously we haven't seen a ton of him this season. It was going to be a really good opportunity for him with having uh – Boquist and with Bodan both out of the lineup but Carlson obviously was starting the game out tonight with Duncan Keith he was going to be a guy that was going to get a pretty good look with a really good NHL player and it just is a bummer that that happened to him hopefully he can get back sooner rather than later but like I said just that the fact that they have so many guys out of the mix right now we kind of mentioned this a little bit early in the show but I think it bears repeating they have every reason right now to just have absolutely no zip, no energy, no ability to generate offense, no nothing. I mean, Lucas Walmart was playing really good hockey earlier this season before he got put on the COVID list. You have Alex DeBrynkit, who was starting to come around and was really looking good on their top line. He's out of the mix. You're missing your top power play guy on the defensive side of things with Adam Boquist. Ryan Carpenter had just scored a goal and now is on the COVID list as well. It's Kind of remarkable. Honestly, I wasn't totally sure they were going to play the game tonight. I was a little bit concerned about that, but it seems as though they're confident they're going to be able to kind of get a lid on this and to kind of get it under control. I'm curious, though, how this impacts them going into this week, missing so many guys at so many key positions.
1: Well, and going into this week where you're about to take on the Carolina Hurricanes and the Dallas Stars, two of the best teams in hockey Uh, definitely two of the best teams in a division we talked about you know coming up it's going to be a good test for the hawks nashville columbus okay not too bad for those four now these next four are going to be a reality check and And we talked about that before any of these guys went on the COVID list yeah and we sound very happy today um in four days or so mm, (laughs) mm, (laughs) so check on me (laughs) check on me in four days and we'll see how i'm doing
0: yeah it's uh (laughs) And it's something that we had kind of circled these games on the calendar and we had discussed them a lot. I know Carolina and Dallas just played tonight, and Carolina ended up pulling it out in the shootout. The Carolina Hurricanes are a deep, dangerous team And they still are probably the third best team in the Central Division. And the fact that the Blackhawks are going to have them at the United Center on Tuesday is going to be a huge statement opportunity for this team to kind of really show where they're at. It's going to be an opportunity for a guy like Kevin Lankinen to show what he can do against a really good team. And not to say that Nashville's not a good team or Columbus isn't a good team, but I do think that the two teams they are facing in the next eight days or so Definitely going to be a step up in terms of competition than what they've seen so far.
1: No doubt. Uh, you want to talk about tests. That is a true test. And not only has Dallas been winning, they're 4-1-1. One, and one. They've got a plus-9 goal differential in six games. Um, that, I believe, uh, aside from Montreal, who's plus-11, your guys, Montreal. My guys, yeah. Picked them to win the uh, NHL
0: North. I don't even remember who the sponsor is. Sorry, so, uh, Scotia. Very good, Jay Zawaski. Points to Gryffindor. I like that.
1: (laughs) The Honda West, uh, Colorado is plus 14. But Colorado has done that in nine games. Montreal has done it in eight. Dallas has only played six. Dallas (laughs) is a damn juggernaut. It's almost like it wasn't an accident
0: that they won the Western Conference last year.
1: Dude, I know. And, like, I'm very strange where I can't. (laughs) despite all the evidence I'm still like Dallas
0: and then you look at their roster and you're like you're like Dennis Guranov, Alexander Radulov Miro Heskanen what
1: who good players that most people haven't heard of
0: yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's nuts. It's like, it's not guys like Jamie Ben. It's those guys. It's crazy. And yeah, John Klingberg and Joe Pavelski are obviously amazing hockey players. And Jay and I have always salivated at the idea of Joe Pavelski being a Blackhawk. He is their leading scorer right now, by the way. Five goals in six games for a Joe Pavelski. So we're going to get to see that next weekend. Yay! Wee. by the way what did you think of their uh their reverse retro jerseys the glow in the
1: dark thingies that they have those are not the reverse retros those are thirds. Oh, they're not nope those are their thirds
0: they're too many Th- these teams have too many jerseys read my column
1: in the chicago tribune but to answer your question trash <laughs> <laughs> tell I'm me sorry. how you really feel jay they're hor- they look like 90s all-star uniforms like let's make them glow in the dark and green and black no stop it's enough Dallas has awesome uniforms just keep them the way they are just Um, wear the green ones all the time they are phenomenally awesome the worst we may have talked about this but I'm sorry if we did the worst reverse retro St. Louis oh my crap on a stick the Islanders are still bad though they were very boring and dumb The blues went with the weird, like slanted numbers. Yeah. And then went with red as the main color and then yellow numbers. Thank God we don't have to see those dopes this season. Horrible. What did you think? Did you see I'm sure you saw the Connor McDavid goal? from saturday did you see those uh-huh. their reverse retros i kind of like somehow them. their second best jersey I know. it's
0: amazing I did. that edmonton actually did something right when it comes to uniforms somehow
1: the orange shorts like pull it all together very nicely yes
0: it really does and i know this is not the direction we thought this segment was going to go in <laughs> we're supposed to be talking about the long-term prospects of the blackhawks speaking of which when are we going to see the blackhawks reverse retros have they i don't even know if they've announced a the schedule yet they haven't announced the schedule. They obviously have not worn them yet, and God willing, they won't. Um, I don't know. Like, I, I'm not going to say they're awful. It's just they're meh. They're, they're okay. kind of boring. Yeah, that's not the best that they've done. And I, they've obviously had some incredible Winter Classic jerseys over the years, and I thought the thirds last year using the Notre Dame Winter Classic jerseys was really smart. So mm-hmm. I don't know. That was a jersey that I liked a lot more when I saw it in person. But anyway, aside from jerseys and crap, hey, the Blackhawks have a game on Tuesday against Carolina. And as we kind of alluded to, we don't know who they're going to have exactly since the COVID protocols are a little bit vague because we don't know who tested positive or if they're just isolating or what it is. But if this is the lineup that they're going into Tuesday's game with, the exact lineup, obviously, aside from Carlson, if this is that lineup that you see, how are you feeling about that game Tuesday? Not great. I'm not either, but I also think that I think Lankanen has it in them to steal a game if they potentially need him to. And like I alluded to earlier, the Hurricanes are a little bit banged up right now. They had a lot of injuries kind of pile up on them over the weekend against Dallas. Maybe that helps the Blackhawks a little bit. But if you want to test, if you want a team that's just going to keep hitting you with their depth and their skill, Carolina's that team. They are they're pretty dangerous, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, I can't wait to watch it. And especially coming off of like two pretty satisfying performances, even though they lost to Columbus uh, on Friday, still sort of felt good about that game. And obviously, Sunday's win was was very good. Maybe their best overall game of the year, aside from Detroit, but those don't count. Um, <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, you remember the time we were worried that they were maybe worse than Detroit lol
1: no they're not they're definitely not but um yeah I'm, I'm excited to see them tested against a true Stanley Cup contender Columbus Nashville good teams probably not cup contenders as they're currently constructed now if when Columbus adds Patrick Laine
0: oh god I can't wait for that I think that's going to open up a lot a lot stuff for them that is a team with incredible goaltending they do have the ability to shut you down defensively you had Patrick Line to that mix I'm a little bit more intrigued by them I definitely think that is a play to potentially get that third or fourth seed in the central division I could see it working out pretty well for them
1: I kind of like Roslevic too. the other kid they brought in in the Mm -hmm. trade lifelong Blue Jackets fan which is pretty cool I was watching NHL Network uh, that day, the trade went down, and, and he was interviewed by the Blue Jackets. I don't know who their play-by-play guy is, but I guess he's been since the beginning. And Rosalvik was like, I'm so excited. I've, I've been a Blue Jackets fan since I was a kid. I'm like, that's not a thing. The Blue Jackets aren't old enough That's exactly have... <laughs> what I was
0: thinking. I was like, how can you be a lifelong Blue Jacket fan? Oh, my dear
1: God. That's how. He's a baby. He is a, a baby. I ate a baby. All right, before we wrap up, I have good news for you, James. You ready?
0: I I like good news. Please. Our it.
1: friends at Dr. Squatch Natural Soap Company, mm. have just launched a brand new scent, Wood Barrel Bourbon. Oh, dear God. There are no bad words there, as my guy Rick Camp likes to say on the MFAP Podcast. Yes, sir. Bourbon and oak is a scent. Exfoliant level? Heavy. That's what I like to hear. I love the exfoliant. I am placing my order for Wood Barrel Bourbon Dr. Squatch today. You should do the same thing. Go to DrSquatch.com. Peruse the menu, pick out some soaps, some hair care kits, perhaps some beard oils. Maybe you want to get the toothpaste. The deodorant is lovely. And again, today, got out of the shower. My daughter came up to me. You smell good. Yep, that's the Dr. Squatch deodorant. It smells amazing. And here's all I'll say, James I spent three hours snow blowing my neighborhood today. Because um, I'm the one guy in the block with a snowblower. Thank you, Dad, for selling your house and giving me my snowblower. What Appreciate a it. saint you are! It's not that. It's just like today was the first day in history. By the way, if you're from the Midwest, anytime you ask someone in the Midwest, like, "Hey, can I help you with that?" They're like, "No, no, that's okay." Like, that's the instant response from everyone. Always, like, "Hey, you're carrying a 400 pounds of barbells. Can I pick one up for you?" No, 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 I got it. Right. That's the default <laughs> Midwest response today. Yep. People were looking at me longingly with my snowblower, like, "Is he? Is he coming this way? Oh my god, he's coming this way!" I'd be like, "Do you want help?" "Yes, I do." People were just like, "Yes, please, please." If help
0: anyone me. tried to shovel that
1: snow, I completely understand what the hell you're talking. about. And that's about. why I, I had. Any anyway, the point is, I had on uh, my my fleece uh, snow pants. I had on a bunch of stuff. The T-shirt I had was my base layer, was soaked like I had gone swimming in it from sweat because I was mm-hmm. out there for that long. Dr. Squatch held up through all of it. I still smell fantastic. Even after all these hours, been out there three times with the snowblower today, go get yourself some Dr. Squatch, Squatch drsquatch.com. Check it out. When you're ready to check out, use that promo code madhouse20. You'll save 20% on your order. You're going to smell great. Your wife's going to love you for once. Your kids are going to love the way you smell. It's going to be a happy time for you. If you go to Dr. Squatch, I love it. I am an evangelist for Dr. Squatch. I fell in love with it. That's why I told them, "Hey, advertising my podcast. I'll probably talk about you anyway." And they're like, "Okay, cool. Here's some money." So that's what we're doing. DoctorSquash.com promo code Madhouse20 save on your order and smell amazing at the same time. With that, it's time to wrap things up. Thanks everybody for jumping on and listening to the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. We'll be back some point this week. I'm thinking maybe Thursday after the uh, second Carolina game, if those things uh, if that works out for James, with a post game show, and uh, you know we'll be back for our usual. Um, full slot post game pod or you know full full podcasts uh, once a week as well so thanks for tuning in we always appreciate it make sure you rate subscribe review all those great things that help the podcast out and go to our website madhousepod.com check out everything we have to offer there and uh, go to our merchandise shop madhousepodmerch.com with that thanks for listening we'll talk to you next time on the Madhouse Chicago Hockey podcast.
0: The Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast was brought to you by Triple Threat Sports, Marichka's and Crest Hill, Dr. Squatch, and by Fry the Coop. At Acuity Insurance, we believe the things you do for your business are heroic, and you deserve someone equally heroic to protect them. We put our all into covering your business so you can focus on the things you love most. That's the power of heart. Acuity Insurance, wholeheartedly for you. Today on News 4 at 4. It's one of the most anticipated lists of the year. Consumer Reports' top new vehicle picks. Susan Hogan is working for you, showing you the safest, most reliable cars for your money. Today at 4 p.m.
1: on NBC4. Many kids in our area are back to in-person learning, and we are helping you keep them safe in the classroom. We're working for you. Small steps you can take at home to protect them at school and expert advice to ease anxiety for you and the kids. This week on News for Today on NBC4.